Unwanted with your host, Matt Strong, and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 142 of Let's Get Haunted. If you're new to the show and you don't understand how the show works, the first 15 to 30 minutes or so are normally the time where Nat and I catch up with each other take care of housekeeping, make any announcements to our listeners, aka the haunties. And if that does not interest you and you instead would like to skip straight to the story that is in today's title, you can just expand those show notes and the very first sentence will say skip to and then a timestamp. You can skip to that time at any time. Otherwise, we assume that you want to be here with us for the intro. Yeah. Well done. That was like really good. We got it right off the bat. A lot of times when we record this intro, we like just talk for 45 minutes and then forget to say that. (laughs) And then one of us will just interrupt the other one and be like, if this is your first time to listen to the show. (laughs) And then whoever's editing has to like go put it at the beginning. So thank you for taking the lead on that. Yeah, no problem. Very rarely is it that I remember that we are supposed to do that. So thank goodness my half a brain cell today was like, do it, do it. You got to tell people to skip it. You got to do it. So we did it. You're welcome, everyone who um, doesn't like the intro. I feel like I we're both always so tired now when we record these because we were recording in overtime trying to like stack episodes to get ready for Japan and then we had that beautiful two week break where like we found ourselves again and now we're like back in trying to catch up because we don't have any episodes stacked so it's like we're right now it's Sunday so we're recording this on Sunday it has to go live on Wednesday meaning between now and Wednesday we've got to edit it we've got to get all the shit ready social media whatever and put it out and it doesn't it doesn't sound like it would be a lot which is how we got trapped in this podcasting business (laughs) in the first place. But it it all kind of stacks up, especially because Allie and I both have jobs. I was working last night until 3 a.m., but I actually feel a little better today because I got McDonald's really late last night by myself after being up late. And I don't know, I feel like that somehow like offset. It helped. I don't know why. It just did. You know, there is some science behind that. Um, I would like the scientists to do a study about the effect of McDonald's food on like preventing hangovers and not just not just alcohol hangovers. I'm talking about like the sort of hangover you feel when you've been up super late because yeah, I was also out super late last night and I did not drink, but I had a lot of Red Bulls. And when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh no, I had too many Red Bulls and now my stomach is in turmoil. And you know, maybe it would have been better if I had gotten McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, who is to say? Certainly not us. So what were you up to last night? Yeah. So last night uh, was one of my friend's birthdays. And so we just went out to dinner and then went out dancing and then went back to her place. And then I drove home and the drive home when you no longer live in LA proper is just very taxing it's always like a miracle to get home without like being pulled over by a cop that's like why are you the only person out right now at 3 a.m what are you doing so I was just very excited to have gotten home by 4 a.m and go to sleep I have that one nailed down. I don't know if anyone ever needs this, but if you're ever pulled over by a cop late at night driving, you don't even have to be up to anything weird to use this excuse. I just think you should always use this excuse to get out of any sort of situation with the police because it like they like if they pull you over, 
there like how can i fucking milk this shit and get as much shit wrong yeah. out of this interaction as possible so here's what i say i say i'm a nurse i just finished my shift i'm trying to get back home to my family <laughs> and it and and so that way they're like oh yeah she's just tired she's like bro what they love that oh my god cops fucking love nurses if you're a cop I, and you're fucking married to someone i guarantee it's a fucking nurse they love that shit I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. People who are nurses And then he's going right to be now, like, oh, where's your scrubs? What ner- what? No, the hospital do you work at? And then you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. You know what? Actually, if they ask questions, my lawyer taught me this. My lawyer told me that if a cop pulls you over and is like, do you know how fast you were going? Wah, 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 you don't have to answer any of that shit. You can go, I'm sorry, I'm in a hurry. Can I just have my ticket and go? That's all you have to say. And then if they're like, well, where are you going? That's Da-da-da. smart. Yeah. Sorry, sir. I'm in a hurry. I don't have time to talk. Can I please have my ticket and go? That's all you have to say. Because he was like, people always think that they have to talk to the cop. Otherwise, they seem suspicious. And he's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to say any shit. I mean, you might not get out of the ticket because you're like literally asking for the ticket. But depending on your situationship, that might be good. (laughs) Yeah. The the speeding ticket might be the best case scenario, depending on what kind of a day or night you're having. So, you know, do what you've got to do. I think that's great advice. Yeah. I would rather take like a $180 to $300 speeding ticket over $10,000 in lawyer fees. So there you go. Oh, dude, it's definitely up to 400 in California. Definitely. The worst. God, don't get me started on this bullshit state, Arizona. (laughs) The worst speeding tickets I've ever got in my life have been in Arizona. Like if you're going, I don't, I can't remember what it is. If you're going like 20 something over or whatever it is, it might be something higher. I don't know. Something that seems minuscule when you're driving through the fucking most boring, flat bullshit you've ever seen in your life. And you're just trying to go the speed of light to get it over with. They're like, oh, this is (laughs) reckless driving. One time I had a speeding ticket that was like a little literally over a thousand dollars what fucking how because i was speeding and i can't i can't remember the details of it because it's like i honestly just try to wipe my mind of it but i remember i had to go to court and i went to the courthouse in the south bay to traffic court because uh, i had like done too much fucked up shit i couldn't just like pay it i had to show up to court and then the the judge Uh just let me pay half of it down so i only had to pay like I think it was like a little under $600. Well, that's still way too ridiculously high, but that is clutch of the judge to just be like, all right, just give us half and we'll call it even. You know what? California has lots of problems. As we know, the infrastructure there is like terrible, whatever. Everyone's always like, they don't protect their citizens. But when you're the person, like when you're the bad guy, it really benefits you because you're like, wow, I'm not yeah. getting in trouble right now for anything. Yeah. Dude, we were talking about that last night because also LA is like dead. And I know it's Coachella weekend too at the time of we're recording this. So we were trying to figure out if that's what it is. But like there were no lines to get in anywhere with which is pretty rare on like sunset and like that area, like no lines to get in anywhere, immediately got into every place we were trying to go, got a reservation very last minute at a restaurant that's like, very popular and we were just like what is going on and one of my friends lives in my area and so we carpooled down to see the friend whose birthday it was and we were both looking around so confused we were like there's nobody on the street like i like not even like drunk people like not even drug dealers like normally you Mm -hmm. see like all manner of folk out on like hollywood boulevard and sunset boulevard and there was just nobody we were like what is going on in california 
Yeah, the Hollywood is full of critters. So if there were no critters out, there's something going on. Hey, you know what? There was absolutely fucking no one in Atlanta either. And like last night, my job sucked because like we only sold one table. My hypothesis is that there was a big fight on last night. And so I think everyone was watching the fight. Oh, that's a great hypothesis. That's probably what was going on. That combined with Coachella Weekend 2. Yeah. Combined with whatever like covert operation L.A. County government has going on to quote unquote clean up the streets. Like, I don't know. I'm like, what are they doing? Because you didn't even see any homeless people out. And for people who aren't from California, like L.A. and like San Francisco area, like very famously, we have a housing crisis. And especially since the pandemic, there are just, you know, people all over the place at all hours of day and night. There was nobody. Just something is going on. If you're in L.A. and you know what's going on, leave a comment on the photo dump for this episode because it was very jarring. You know, hopefully those people received some sort of housing from the government. Maybe there's like some really good housing initiative going on that I didn't that I don't know about, but it was just very jarring to like show up and there's just literally nobody anywhere. I was like, is are we about to like die? Is there like a nuclear strike coming soon? And I just don't know. Like it was weird. There's two options that are coming to my mind. One, they all went to Coachella. Two, the rapture happened. They were raptured into the heavens and hell is all of us who are left behind. It could very well be. Mm -hmm. It could very well be. And you know, who is to say whether or not we would be uh, righteous enough to be included in that rapture? I feel that we're doing the Lord's work by spreading the gospel about cryptids and old sea ghosts, but maybe we're not. I feel like the bar for being a content creator or just someone with a platform of any kind is like so fucking low that like what we're doing compared like we're at least we're not spewing out hate like at least we're oh, not yeah. just like mm-hmm. motivating people to be like shitty towards one another like I feel like we're pretty neutral like right. if you listen to this and you were shitty like you're probably shitty still but you're not worse yeah <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> we're not trying to indoctrinate anyone except for when it comes to aliens if you are listening to this and you don't believe in aliens I'm gonna need you to go sit in front of your mirror, turn off all the lights, stare at yourself for like 15 minutes until your eyes start seeing different shapes in the mirror and you start to feel like you're on drugs and hallucinating. And then I need Mm -hmm. you to just repeat to yourself over and over and over again for 40 minutes straight. Aliens are real. Aliens are real. Aliens are real. Then you can leave whatever dark hole you're in. And I think that'll make you a better person because if you leave this podcast with any information, it should just be that aliens are real. And if you don't think so, You're about to feel real silly when it's proven to be true. Mm, Well said. Well said. Thank you. Yes. And, um, you know, speaking of what else make what else is good about our show, (laughs) what else we're doing for the public, I would love to give a big shout out to this week's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Julissa, Kayla, Lauren I, Shane, Mary A, Rory L, Chinua, Ileana M, Jesse W, Sofa272, Hayden O, The Poo Poo Flinga, Hexylvania Snow, Simpon98, Ashley R, the famous Ashley R, Jenny B, Olivia M, Ashley W, Aya, Jasmine C, Abigail A, Tyler B, Michael R, Samantha P, Roger D, Rose or Rose, Edwina, Z Sweet, Brandon R, Lisa H, Ashley K, Jelly, Jello R, Brenna M, 
Perry I, Bella, Nicholas M, Elena B, Maddie V, Kevin H, Maria S, Hannah L, Ruben P, Chanel C, Justin M, Brett is in the bathtub, Jocelyn, Erica Bernston, Charlie M, Shannon C, Lindsay, Jessica W, Christina T, Erd Ferguson. <laughs> I, 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 oh man, I get your name. Turd Ferguson, Erd Ferguson, Julissa D, Kylie M, Harvey A, Ivan L, Haley A, Kathleen O, Danny, Patricia M, Amanda P, Maria M, Jess M, Dorothy M, Brielle, Jenna S, Kinsley M, Hidaka and Sani, Miss Natty Cat, Ripley F, Zeke G, Amanda S, Emma D, Kama N or Kama N, Rebecca H, Lindsay M, Cetus or Ketus, Taylor M, Anna S, Katrine R G, Alex W, Madison M, Julia M, Alex P, Laura K, Sabrina P, Amanda S, Mary Grace G, Rachel G, Nicole S, Hannah M, Brian Gonzalez, Corky Miller, Pete, Deja, Rebecca S, Sarah K, Y2, Inya, Mike S, Maria O, Brandy B, Samantha C, Lauren B, Fresh Zombie, Spencer S, Samantha Dickinson, Victoria, pa Pedrito El Maldito, you're back, Pedro. Yes, love it. Alex W, Laura C, Lily Bell C, Lila B or Lilla B, Fred H, Ashley D, Madeline B, Rayleigh R or Riley R, Danielle S, Sad Lil' Pickle Boy, Macy, Jenny Squiddy, Elea J or Ilea J, Madison E, Sarah J, Jamie F, Kathleen M, Sapphire, Grandma P, Mikey BDX7, Omar Martinez, Cynthia V, Lexi L, Kayla P, Brianna or Brianna, Marques C or Marquise C, Peter Barker, aka Camry. Big shout out to Peter Barker and Malik and all the other mods on the Discord for really coming together. They are helping to crowdfund us a PC computer because if you have not been following up with the LGH lore, all of our computers are just fucking broken and I am dying every single day that I try to edit something. So if that's something that interests you, head on over to the Discord and check out that information. Brianna C, VR, Kayla M, Taryn K, Ariel Rose, Ariel Rose, Anna R, Meg T, James H, Rachel M, Molly, Phoenix C, Lily, Courtney, Deech, Jess B, Cheesy, Grace K, Lisa B, Jennifer M, Red Moon, Silver Snaffles, Caroline L, Elizabeth Pond, Jen R, Andrea, Andrea, Brandon R, Chelsea G, Chico of the North, shout out Chico of the North, Christian P, Danielle M, Ephraim P, Emma B, all the famous Ephraim P, by the way, got to give a big shout out there. Emma B, Garrett W, Haunted Endeavors, Jason, Julian W, Kate, Kelsey, Kirsten, Malgorzada D. Oh, I love that name, Malgorzada. Michael T, Omar, Ona, 
Anya, Rachel O, Rowan, Sean P, Stephanie B. Thank you guys so, so much for donating to the show. If you are listening to this episode and you're like, hey, I want to be a part of that haunted community where these two hosts seem like they're sort of a mess, but also keep producing content on a consistent schedule. So how could they be that much of a mess? (laughs) And I would like to see what they're up to behind the scenes. And I'm interested in what's going on in their personal lives. Congratulations, because you can join the Patreon. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash let's get haunted and let me explain to you what this patreon is because i have seen some people asking in our dms being like hey can you explain a little bit more because i don't know if i want to like commit to this um until i really know what it is this is what it is a patreon is a way for you to support your favorite content creators so there are for example artists YouTubers, podcasters. Yeah, I guess that's it. I can't really think of anyone else that produces content. Models. It's for creatives. Yeah, models. And what you can do is pledge a certain dollar amount per month. For us, we offer two tiers. We have the Certified Haunty tier, which is $5 a month. And we have the Catfish King tier for $10 a month. You can cancel your subscription at any time. So if your financial situation changes and you're like, oh, I only want to donate for six months or five months, you can always cancel it and then rejoin later when you miss us. Here's what I say. Just fucking pay the $10, join it, look at all the shit, and then decide if you want to keep doing it. And if you don't, then just cancel it. That's right. Like, I don't understand why you guys are making this so complicated. There you go. (laughs) But I will just give you a little preview. So the $5 tier, we guarantee (laughs) that you can see video versions of the listener story episodes, but we also post a lot more content than that. We have polls about messy situations that we Mm -hmm. talk about in the intros. We have photos of what our studio is looking like as we progress with the setup of different aspects. We also post little extra content like selfies Mm -hmm. or like, hey, this is what we're up to today. Here's a picture of my dog today. Just soft like side boob content as well. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's just like Mothman photoshopped (laughs) to have like Nicki Minaj's body. (laughs) That's just what we're posting. (laughs) Cryptid smut that you could like, that's like not even good. It's just like so obviously poorly photoshopped. Yeah, and then furries Um, find us and they're like, wow, you know, I followed this Patreon for the furry cryptid smut and then I was introduced (laughs) to this podcast. podcast. You know, maybe that'll be the next poll on the Patreon. Would you like to see poorly photoshopped cryptid smut of the catfish king's head on top of Kim Kardashian's body. Yes or no? Answer right now. And uh, to continue on with the thread of the Patreon, uh, I did not explain what tier two is. So very quickly, tier two is where we post not only access to the video version of the listener stories episodes, but we also post little extras, you know, Sims 4 speed builds on my end. I'm working on doing a Nancy Drew playthrough Natalia posts these incredible horse vlogs where she it's basically like shit posting um, very chaotic editing and she had a very good line about the natriarchy which I'm just going to leave you with that little taste because we don't need to expand upon it because if you're not part of the Patreon you don't get to know that inside joke but there are a lot of really good pieces of content on there I think that are very entertaining and I very much love the community Mm -hmm. aspect of Patreon like you can DM us on there you can leave comments like we have discussions threads every month at the end of each month about like what was your favorite episode what did you think of like 
this situation and people res- respond to each other and just have a good haunted time. So I am very much enjoying it and we are very, very grateful to everyone who did join the Patreon. I hope you guys stay forever because I love it and I love interacting with everyone on there. And yeah, hopefully if you're listening to this at some point, it will push you to join the Patreon just to see if you like it or not. Yeah, it can't hurt you. Oh, I just realized we didn't do our ad read. We're doing a free Manscaped ad read in an attempt to sway uh. them to continue our partnership that I'm pretty sure is ending, but we got to pull out all the stops okay. to try. And now we would love to give a big shout out to this episode's sponsor, Manscaped. Woo-hoo. If you're a listener of the show, you know that the only way to escape your man is <laughs> to go to manscaped.com. Purchase everything on their website using the code Let's Get Haunted, all caps, all one word, for 20% off plus free shipping for your entire order. And if you don't do that, you're missing out on a sweet deal because um, if you are a member of the Patreon, you probably have seen the bonus content of James DeAngelis coming into our studio and talking about aliens with me for an hour. Mm -hmm. And in that episode, I gifted him the most beautiful manscaped medley known as the performance package 4.0 not the 1.0 not the 2.0 not the 3.3 the (laughs) 4.0 and it really made me feel cool because i was like here james you can have this free package from our sponsors two hundred dollars yeah and he was like what the fuck this is so nice and he was like opening it and he's like there's like beard oil and beard balm and shampoo and conditioner and body wash and a really nice electric razor that's waterproof and helps Mm -hmm. prevent nicks tugs and scrapes and man he was like elated so if you are a man woman or child who needs to groom themselves. I'm telling you, you will be just as elated as James DeAngelis was when you see how fucking extensive their performance package 4.0 is. For everyone out there who's not organized, Father's Day is coming up. It's in June. And I know you're like, oh, June's so far away because I feel the same way too. It's not. But then it, it comes every year. I'm like, oh, I didn't die. Like it's still coming. So be prepared. You know, that's a great point because I don't know if anyone else has this family dynamic, but my family dynamic is such that we did not grow up talking about emotions or discussing <laughs> our feelings or even talking about our hobbies or likes or wants or needs. That didn't happen. You know, it was a very loving household. I love my parents. They're great. They just grew up in a generation um, (laughs) that did not value feelings. And so as a result, now in my adulthood, I don't fucking know what my dad wants ever. And if I Mm. ask him what he would like for any holiday, he says nothing. And that is the most frustrating thing ever when you're like, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, nothing. Oh, really? Oh, really? You're fine with just sitting there while everyone else is opening up their beautifully wrapped gifts and you expect me to believe that you're going to be fine when I don't get you anything? You're a liar, sir, and a thief. A thief of joy (laughs) because the experience of giving gifts is joyful and it's not just for your benefit, the person receiving the gift. It's also for the benefit of the gift giver. There is nothing better than seeing a look of delight and surprise and elation on someone's face when you get them a good fucking gift that they didn't expect and they open it and they're like, wow, I didn't even know that I needed this. But now that I see this, I understand that I needed this. So all of that is to say, if this resonates with you and you have a similar family dynamic, let me take the guesswork out of it and go to manscaped.com 
pick out the Performance Package 4.0 or they have an, a really awesome Weed Whacker 2.0, which is a nose, hair, and ear trimmer. And buy whatever items you feel are best. Put in the discount code Let's Get Haunted, all caps, all one word, for 20% off plus free shipping. And these products are very, very high quality. We first started this sponsorship, I want to say like two years ago or maybe a year and a half wow. ago. And I still am using the Lawn Mower 4.0, which is what they call their razor, their electric razor. I still use that. It's not like when you go to the store and you buy a Chic Quattro and then in four days, it's like totally rusted, shut and destroyed. <laughs> no shade to Chic. If you want to sponsor us, that's fine. I'll give you another try. I just have bad memories. The um, Chic Quattro might be your slander. Last opportunity. The Chic Quattro slander for no fucking reason. Does no one else have these memories? Um, and yeah, that's my advice. I really think, you know, like Natalia said, Father's Day is going to be here faster than you can shit your pants. And you will shit your pants if you don't get something for your father right now. And if you don't, don't have, a, have father, a father, yeah, fuck them. Get them one anyways and make them take on that role. Present yeah, just yeah. This, the person in your life that looks like they might be a good father figure with that package. Boom. That's your dad now. Yes. Do you have a landlord? Do you have a teacher? Do you have a grandfather? Do you have a friend that looks fatherly? Get them this performance package 4.0 or any of the other delightful items on the Manscaped website. Yeah, maybe you're in a new relationship where you guys like still have the hormones and you're like super in love and you're like having sex five times a day. Get them this package because that's not only is it going to create a wrinkle in their brain where they're like, oh, this person did something nice for me. It's also going to give you an opportunity to talk about your favorite podcast. And that's going to make you look like you have hobbies and are interesting other than just wanting to fuck all the time. That's true. There you go. Also, it's kind of funny and cheeky sometimes to get the person in your life a happy not a father Father's Day mm, gift. So if right. you recently had a pregnancy scare that you did not want to happen, congratulations. And you can get them the Performance Package 4.0. And on Father's Day, you can get a card that just says happy not a Father's Day. Or perhaps you recently had a child with someone who you weren't supposed to and you had to tell someone that you love very much that they are not the father. <laughs> and what a better way to soften that blow than to present them <laughs> with this package so go to manscaped.com enter let's get haunted at checkout for 20 percent off plus free shipping thank you very much and now back to your regularly scheduled haunting so just a quick disclaimer before we start this i just want to let everyone know that all of this information could be wrong i was very (laughs) confused about the information that i was researching it was like a rabbit hole where you dive in and then like you keep you keep like hitting dead ends and it's like a fun house where like you're looking in the mirror and you're like wait is this the exit no this is the exit is that where I came in from and then you're like is that me is that what I look like and then you're just like really confused it, I, I'm confused I, I mean let's dedicate this confusing episode to the passing of our favorite holiday 420 and mm-hmm. let's hope I don't throw up my Red Bull because I'm feeling like I'm gonna throw up my Red Bull regale me with something that disorients me so much that I do throw up my Red Bull and maybe I'll feel better afterwards okay I will and and just so everyone knows because I was so confused I really tried to offset that by making it sound like I was really confident and knew what I was talking about and I just started like you know when you write like an essay and it has to be like a thousand words so you say the same sentence like 15 different ways yes yeah there's a little bit of that energy here so love it I'm excited women in general have long held a role of mysticism and mystery in the eye of mankind 
And although Western society was a patriarchy where women were often helpless to defend themselves against the men who chose their destiny, it was the women whose bodies shed with the moon and rose with the tides that pulled the strings on the puppets of those men who decided their fate. To demonstrate this divine feminine spirit, I've chosen to communicate in the way she'd have you hear it. From my lips to your ears flows a softer, more feminine tone. Instead of a paragraph, I've written a poem. Although it was men who decided fates of mothers, it was in fact the fates who held power over others. When those women, maiden, mother, crone, twisted fingers, severed cords, protruding bone, predicted in battle their powerful lord would fall from their horses on another's sword, humbled men dropped to their knees at the foot of those fates, crying tears of fear for what death they could not escape. But the same fates gave hope once more, with the flick of a lash or song of the whore, told uninspired men they'd live forever if only they die heroes at war. Wow. Okay. So the fates? Is this about the fates? You know what? You can't say it's not about the fates. It is not about the fates, I won't though. Then. I would never <laughs> dream of it. I would never dream of saying it's not about anything at all. Allie, have you ever heard of The Woman in Black? No. No, I really? really haven't. Do you want me to guess? Yeah, go for it. I mean, we know what the men in black are, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Uh, yes. I just like pictured an alien with red lipstick, like doing a dance move, like doing the robot at someone's front door and then like kidnapping them. Um, <laughs> if you would like to learn more about the men in black, go back to episode number 19. Yeah, I'm thinking when I think of a woman in black, I'm like almost thinking of like La Llorona mm -hmm. or a Grim Reaper type person. But no, I have never heard of the woman in black. Okay, well, that's great because I'm going to tell you all about the woman in black. But before we get into this legend, I just want to acknowledge that this particular legend is very old and therefore it does not reflect modern attitudes about sex, love, marriage, and gender. I did not write this legend. I'm just reciting it to you all for means of entertainment. So if you don't agree with the sentiments expressed by this legend, please do not let your opinion of this legend reflect on our podcast. We're just us telling you what the woman in black means. Got it. There is a legend that exists throughout Western cultures that posits men who behave immorally, especially in terms of breaking their wedding vows by cheating on their wives or otherwise not fulfilling their duties as husbands and fathers, will be visited by a woman in black. Now, a woman in black is not a specific person, but rather an archetype of a ghost that's known to haunt mm. misbehaving men. Much like the other ghostly dark harbinger of doom, the ghost ship known as the Black Pearl from Pirates the Caribbean movie <laughs> franchise, the appearance of a woman in black is often an omen of misfortunes to come. And while nobody knows exactly where this woman in black came from, there are many theories that exist as to what the presence of a woman in black means. You see, some believe that the woman in black is a ghost of a woman who was in mourning and she's just wearing the Victorian black mourning garments. But other people believe that the presence of a woman in black is a warning to those who witness her that foreshadows death. It is said that after one sees the woman in black, death might befall them or someone near to them. According to Wikipedia, quote, a woman in black typically appeared to men who had misbehaved, cheated on their wives, or committed some moral transgression. According to the legends, 
towns such as Bristol, Virginia, Tazewell, Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia, and Richmond, Virginia, and Jackson, Minnesota were all visited by a woman in black. Sometimes a woman in black was said to hit, pummel, or knock a man down to the ground, or, quote, slap him to the earth with a swish of her phantom garments, end quote, as retribution for his sins. If continued, the men would be killed at the location where he committed his act, Mm. end quote. Well, now I'm thinking back to last week's intro and this week's intro, and I'm thinking of the guy who was being sketchy at your club and like trying to wine and dine some bottle service girls when he's getting married in July. And I'm like, hmm, maybe there's no need to Mm. create a throwaway account and warn this woman because maybe the woman in black is going to take care of his bitch ass for us. Mm. Maybe I was that woman in black because I have to wear all black at work and me taking his Amex and buying that bridal because the bridal was black too was also um a ghost of some sort (laughs) the police later come like he reports it as fraud and the police come to you and you're like i'm sorry uh it was a ghostly purchase it never happened yes just like fade away hey we've given a lot of great advice on how to evade the police this episode pretend to be a ghost (laughs) now in america they might just shoot you if you pretend to be a ghost but they might also get scared and Mm -hmm. run away you don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining a cop like on TV at a press conference and they're like, why did you shoot that that girl? She was just a podcaster and she didn't do anything wrong. And the, the cop was like, um, you know what? I thought she was a ghost. She was making <laughs> ghost sounds and I was very, very scared. She said boo and I had to draw my weapon. You know, the sad part is I could see that happening. It is said that the appearance of a woman in black or fear of her appearance is what keeps married men home with their wives and families instead of going out and engaging in debaucherous behavior. So this legend, which was obviously more popular back in the day where, oh my God, you cheated on your wife. You're fucking not a good Christian. We're going to like do what we do to bad Christian men, which actually don't know what it is because they only like seem to hurt women. So I don't know. This held more weight this legend did back in the day right so like now i didn't even know what this was when i first heard of it neither did Allie, a woman in black but people used to be so afraid of being visited by this woman in black that it's like oh you know i really like want to go out with the boys and like you know my wife is in labor and she's like really fucking boring and sad at home so i'm like gonna go out and like go meet another woman who's not like screaming and sweating and like heaving and having contractions but they're scared because they might be visited by the woman in black some witnesses see the woman in black as an ethereal woman whose beauty and sex appeal is otherworldly, while others see her as a gruesome, ugly woman with all the charm of a decaying corpse. Ali, I'm going to show you some photos of a woman in black here. Yeah. Yes, I would love to see photos because that's interesting that people see the woman in black as different things, either like a beautiful, sexy angel or an old withered woman with sunken eyes and a poison apple ready 
to fuck your shit up and rock your world. It's also funny because like the context is that a lot of people are kind of drinking or they're like out late partying, you know, when they see the woman in black. So I just think like, what if it's just beer goggles? Like, you know, these men are just like super horny in general. That's why they're being visited by the woman in black. So they're like, excuse me, man. Like, oh, wow. I really like the way that veil like lays on your forehead. Oh, you have such beautiful eyes. Like, what are you doing after this? Yeah, I will say so Natalia just sent me like six, five or six different photos um, or photo recreations of the woman in black or illustrations of the woman in black. And in all of them, she actually looks pretty hot. Like, so I'm not I'm not really seeing the old crone thing. Now, does she look scary in all of them? Yeah, but that but scary and hot are not mutually exclusive. In fact, the Venn diagram of scary and hot often overlaps. She's giving like modern goth woman and I actually learned that that's like offensive to some goths because goth is a subculture of music. So I just thought I'd add that in here. But for me, who's just uncultured swine, I would see this person wearing all black and assume that they were goth. Yeah, I would. Well, yeah, if it and if it were the Victorian era, I would just be like, oh, this woman's in mourning, like you said, because for I want people to imagine a woman wearing. Okay. Imagine Pirates of the Caribbean. Imagine Kira Knightley's character at the very beginning where she's wearing that corset, remember, and then she like falls off that ledge into the ocean because she can't breathe. But the dress was beautiful, right? She looked great. That's what this woman in black is wearing. Like one of those old timey pirate, but not pirate because Kira Knightley's character was not a pirate in the first film, but like a rich baroness or something. It's that sort of vibe with like or um in cinderella where the evil stepsisters are wearing those dresses that like push the butt out it looks like that like a hoop skirt situation almost and there's a long train on the back of this dress it's all black and then she has a very beautiful lace black veil over the front of herself so this does look like something that you might wear to an old-timey funeral I, i just like like literally i can't express this enough this ghost is showing up trying to fucking kill someone for being unfaithful but these like married men are such fuck boys that they're like wait this moral transgression ghost is kind of sexy okay so now we're going to talk about the most famous and well-documented encounter with a woman in black ali do you happen to know where this might have taken place and hint i said the name of this earlier in this episode during the intro England? No, Virginia. I said like a million different Virginias. Virginia. Oh, that's what I said. Virginia. (laughs) I meant, here's what I meant, guys. The British came over from England and they established colonies and Virginia had one of those colonies. So that's exactly what I meant. And I was correct and I was not wrong. Mm -hmm. And let the record show that I said Virginia from the very beginning. And now I've gaslit everyone into being like, wait, did she? And everyone hits like the back 15 seconds, like four times and then re-listens and then discovers that I'm a fraud. That was smooth. So these encounters with this woman in black took place in Roanoke, Virginia. And no, this is not about that Roanoke colony that disappeared. That Roanoke story actually takes place in North Carolina. And don't bring it up again because I will get confused. Roanoke... Virginia is a place with a long history of attracting energy. Its placement in the Blue Ridge Mountains, which are home to many supernatural haunts, as we've previously discussed on the podcast, has perhaps cemented its otherworldly feel. Now, what was the name of that episode you did about something in the Blue Ridge Mountains where the guy had like a dynamited his arm on accident and then like buried his arm 
in a uh, cemetery with a headstone for his arm. Wasn't that in the Blue Ridge Mountains? Yes, that episode is called, I believe it's called Tillybind Church and the Blue Ridge Witch. It may also be called The Curse or The Haunting of Tillybind Church and the Blue Ridge Witch. But all you have to do is Google search Let's Get Haunted Blue Ridge Witch and that episode will pop up for you if you are interested. Yeah, so basically TLDR, uh, this area is super haunted. To demonstrate this metaphysical pull is the prevalence of wildlife that is drawn to the Roanoke area. Roanoke was actually used to be called Big Lick, which was in reference to this abundance of natural salt that was coming off of the Roanoke River. And it was basically like this magnet to all of this wildlife who came out of the fucking woodwork literally to enjoy this salt lick. So I don't know what why animals do this, but like they really like to lick salt. Not sure why uh, the horses are really into it. Deer are into it. Don't understand it. Just probably there's a really simple explanation, but I did not look into it. So I just think that's haunted because it's like all these animals are coming out like a magnet from the woods and like I don't know if you know this about wildlife but it's usually like scared of coming out because it doesn't want to get eaten it doesn't want to get hunted it doesn't want to like get its shit fucked and it's just like all coming together like a uh, Snow White's palace or whatever where just like all these carnivores prey omnivores and predators are just all getting along here because it's a giant salt lick it's kind of haunted yeah that is haunted and we if you guys want to listen about another haunted salt lick you can google let's get haunted pope lick monster where we talked about a different haunted salt lick that occurs in nature but often on this show we talk about the fact that nature is sometimes haunted. So maybe this is just a haunted area that of its own accord was like, you know what? I would like to have a lot of animals here. I'm going to produce this salt lick to draw in the energy of yeah. these wildlife critters. Right. And as we know, to say? different rocks and formations that come out of the earth have different vibrations and mean different things. I don't have time to explain it, but take a crystallology class. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a Imagine being a settler. You, you, your life fucking sucks. You're uh, pissing and eating and drinking out of the same bucket. And then you come to this area where there's like this abundance of wildlife that is just seemingly drawn to you. It would have felt like this just magical buffet, right? Like, like it's a place of excess. Right? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Roanoke is a place of excess. There is a high volume of energy swirling around there. It might be a vortex. There might be several vortices. I certainly cannot say. So the modern town of Roanoke was established in 1852 by settlers. But as we know, with all colonial discoveries, quote unquote discoveries, there was a population of Native Americans who lived in the area before the town came to be. The name Roanoke originated from the Algonquin word for shell money, but it was also the name that was used for this river that the tribe used, which spilled into the sea near Roanoke Island. It's all very confusing because there are several Roanokes and we're talking about a river that runs like hundreds of miles so none of it really makes a lot of sense if you think about it too much. But I'm basically just trying to tell you that there's a high prevalence of Native American culture that was already in this area. Because as we talked about before in our Falcon Lake episode, the shell money from the Algonquin and their fascination, I should say, with like natural elements came from a spiritual respect. Like like they were literally using shells, which came from Mother Earth, as a currency. So they had... A high place of value on the abundance that wildlife or salt would have in Roanoke. Am I making sense? 
Yeah. Um, tell me if I'm incorrect. Um, what I what, what I think I'm hearing is that nature and what it has to offer can be considered its own currency mm-hmm. because with those tools, you can survive, right? Like if you're yes. trying to settle in the middle of Death Valley Desert in California and there's no water and there's like one turtle and a cactus, your odds of survival are not great. And so because of that, like nature's not really benefiting you and is not having your back. But if you're in an area like Roanoke, it sounds like there's a bountiful river. There is salt, which is good for electrolytes. Like back in the day, they didn't have Gatorade, Mm. guys. Sorry to break it to you, but that was not discovered (laughs) until Florida man um, had the Gator Bowl and created Gatorade. (laughs) Okay, so they didn't have that. So animals and humans were like, how are we going to get our electrolytes and our sodium Mm. intake and like not pass out and die um, of all of the terrible manner of disease? Okay, I want to drink the water and lick the salt and then also partake in feasting on the animals that are pulled to this area and it sounds like there's also like lots of trees in this area so then you could chop down and build a house if you wanted to you could use the pelts from the animals that you catch to keep yourself warm right so it sounds like this area would be much more desirable than like most other areas in the united states and so therefore it like had a higher value is what i'm hearing Yes. Yes. And so I'm just basically trying to allude to that this place is already has like a lot of energy because Mm -hmm. there's so much abundance of life and life force there. Absolutely. The Algonquin were native to North America and parts of the Rocky Mountain Range, and they lived mainly north of present day USA and what we would call modern day Canada, as we talked about in the Falcon Lake episode. But they also resided along Mm -hmm. the northeastern seaboard of the United States. The natives who lived near where the city of Roanoke, Virginia was founded, they didn't actually speak Algonquin, but nevertheless, this name stuck, Roanoke. So we talked extensively about the cultural and supernatural significance the Algonquin held in episode 92, the Falcon Lake incident. So for more thorough background on the Algonquin and their culture and spiritual significance, you can go give that episode a listen because we don't have time to do an in-depth discussion during this episode. This episode, we're mainly just going to focus on the settlers who were in Roanoke. Got it. So the city of Roanoke, it was an abundant place. It kept growing very quickly through annexation. So there were like little settler towns around and there were like little populations around that it was just sort of engulfing and incorporating into Roanoke. And because of the central placement of Roanoke in that part of the United States, it was like this hub of transportation through Western Virginia. So it just it kept growing more and more. There were people coming in and out of there. So Roanoke was like on the route of one of the most heavily traversed roads of 18th century America. Oh, that's haunted. That road ran all the way from Philadelphia through the Shenandoah Valley to the site of Roanoke. So as we know, cities with high influxes of travelers are often places with economies that survive and thrive off of services which benefit travelers and tourists. We're talking about clubs, shows, entertainment, perhaps establishments which have access to substances which elevate moods and relax patrons. And as we know, people on vacation, especially married men who are without their wives and children, like to let loose 
Would you agree? Yeah, that's why, um, at least in the United States, there's such a burgeoning adult entertainment industry, right? Like, you know, you go to Vegas. What do you do? You go to a fucking strip club, you know, or you go see a burlesque show or you go. um, I was recently in Japan and in Osaka, I wandered through the red light district. And that was very eye opening um, for the way that they do it over there. And so, yeah, I think all over the world, not just in the United States, um, actually prostitution and I'm using that word instead of sex work and I will explain why prostitution is said to have built the West of the United States and to have been the world's oldest profession back before the term sex worker was a thing or sex work so yeah I mean it that's always been something that people are interested in and the oldest form of entertainment if you will too we've also talked a little bit tongue-in-cheek in past episodes about like oh here's a story about like a haunted guy that had 18 children. Like, why do you have 18 children? Because back in the day, your only entertainment was having sex and birth control was not a thing and condoms weren't really a thing. I mean, I guess you could have probably used animal pelts, but like who has the time? When the mood strikes, the mood strikes. And if you don't have your rabbit skin with you, you just don't. Bro, how could you use animal pelts? They, people do that now. What? People with latex allergies. They I, There are animal skin condoms. Yeah. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was just ima- like not imagining like a condom just made of animal skin. I was imagining like, like a hide. I was imagining <laughs> a hide. And I was like, please explain to me how that gets wrapped or like uh, anatomy. Like how does that fit in... You know what? It doesn't matter because it, it's it wasn't what I was thinking. So we don't need to even con- go on that but train of thought. Yeah, anymore. you know what? Use your imagination, folks. Use use Google at your own risk if you would like to learn more about animal skin condoms. Um, that's not what we're here for. We're here to just. I'm answering the question you asked me earlier in a roundabout way, which is that yes, I understand what you're saying. That adult entertainment in all forms has been a thing. Like as long as people have learned how to, you know, what? as long as money and goods of value have been invented, adult entertainment has been an industry in some form or another throughout history. So that is exactly the vibe that was going on in 1902 when these married men who were entertaining themselves saw the woman in black. According to an article which ran in the Roanoke Times in 1902, Men who lived in Roanoke, Virginia, were being haunted and terrorized by a woman in black. The article reads, quote, Her name was on every lip. Strong men trembled when her name was spoken. Children cried and clung to their mother's dresses. Terror reigned supreme. End quote. According to The Big Book of Virginia Ghost Stories by L.B. Taylor Jr., men who saw the woman in black were always married men who were out after dark doing whatever we can assume married men were doing out after dark without their families. I mean, it doesn't say specifically here, but it also doesn't say what they weren't doing. Witnesses claim, quote, she appeared out of nowhere. It was as if she had arisen out of the earth. Her voice sounded real. Her touch felt real. She appeared to be real, end quote. But despite the real nature of her presence, men did not dare look her in the eye directly because they were so afraid. 
the most that someone could manage was just like a sideways glance. Nobody ever looked her directly in the eyes. They were all like afraid to get her attention. You know, you don't like when you see a fucking crazy ass person, you're not going to like just go stare at them and like start a conversation, you know? Yeah, you're going to make yourself small and and not interesting to harass. Exactly. But then also they were kind of pigs. So they're like, wait, this woman's kind of hot over there. I don't know. I can't (laughs) tell, but I like the way her bosoms are draped in the sheath. (laughs) When she spoke, a terrible chill was said to go down men's spines. According to L.B. Taylor Jr.'s book, the woman in black never caused harm to anyone that was reported, but it seems as if for every man who told of witnessing her presence, there were, quote, three or four others who kept the mysterious meetings secret, end quote. You see, the men who see the woman in black are out late, they're up to no good. Like, in order for you to see this ghost, you have to be doing some sort of moral transgression. So it's unlikely that these men are going to tattle on themselves by saying that they saw this woman who only appears to men at unscrupulous locations and times. And that quote about, like, her touch felt real, I'm wondering, like, did you, like hook up with this ghost like she touched you know what I mean I don't know my brain has gone in a couple different directions first of all when you said that when you were reading that quote and you said the author's name and you said Lyndon B- LB Taylor or whatever I thought you said LB Johnson at first which the was the president after John F Kennedy got assassinated and I was like wow Lyndon B Johnson was just like also had like a moonlight career like writing romance novels about the woman in black like that's interesting right. um and then I realized I was wrong the second thing I'm thinking <laughs> of is in the Sims 4 paranormal stuff expansion pack you can Ooh. have sex with a ghost and what? actually you can have sex what with happens? a ghost I think in general in the Sims 4 but the one that I'm thinking of is there's this guy called Gaidry and if you stay in a haunted house in the Sims 4 he'll show up and like help you or sim like not lose their shit because like when you're in a haunted house in Sims 4 you like can't sleep you're just scared all the time like and it sucks and like it's a challenge like you have to survive a certain number of nights um, in the haunted house did you hear that? That guy is street racing outside. If you guys heard that, sorry. Um, Very cool man street racing outside. And he's probably just crashed and died because this is not a street that you can do that on. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. What is here and there are ghosts. They are everywhere. They are everywhere. And you can wait, have sex with them in The Sims wait, 4 Gaidry, if you'd like. Is he a ghost? He's a ghost and he's horny all the time. <laughs> Sims 4 <laughs> is so fucking random why does wait why does the go the haunted house scare people but then a ghost that's actually like having sex with people doesn't scare them because he's nice like he shows up and he'll say to your sim like hi i'm gaidry um i'm here to like give you tips and tricks to like survive staying in this spooky scary haunted house and you can ignore him if you want but if you click on him and interact with him you'll notice that his like he's always in a flirty mood because like your sims can be in different moods and he's just like constantly horny to be a ghost so i'm wondering to bring it back to this story is the woman in black also a constantly horny (sighs) ghost i don't know who's to say i don't know okay sorry one last thing before i go back to the story what are the tips and tricks for your sim to like survive the haunted house there really aren't any so it's kind of like not helpful but the thing about Gaidri so if you click on him and you say like um I think he can like it's been a while since I've played with the paranormal stuff expansion pack but I think he can talk to you about like hey 
this is what's going on right now. Because when you're staying in a haunted house in The Sims, like it'll have different stages of hauntedness. So at like the more nights you stay, the more haunted it gets. Oh. So there will be like hands growing out of the ground. What the fuck? Goo falling from the ceilings. Little haunted dolls pop okay, up around scary. the house. Like um, seance circles pop up. And like and then finally, oh my God, this, this scary as fuck ghost shows up. I don't know how many days have to pass, but her name is Temperance and she's in an angry mood all the time. And she'll just show up in, in your Sim's house and destroy shit, scream at your Sim, throw stuff, break stuff, break your toilet, like overflow your bathtub. And then like your Sim is running around with like no sleep about to die of exhaustion, trying to fix all of these different things so that their water bill is not 8,000 simoleons right. the next pay cycle. And then Gaidri, you can just be like, Gaidri, like what's going on? And he's like, that's temperance. She's a bitch. And then right. you're like, okay, but that doesn't help me. And then you can choose to just leave the house and sleep on a park bench if you're over it. Gaidri is like a bait and switch. He's like, hey, like you're in this haunted house. Let me help you. But really he he's just wants to fuck so he's like yeah that's temperance yeah he just let's yeah. fuck so is the woman in black is she temperance does she show right. up to these cheating men's homes in the pioneer days and like takes their piss slash food bucket and throws it against the wall and like i don't know like breaks their wooden mattress in half or is the woman in black like Gaidri and who's just down to fuck? Well, and that's like the hard part for us to tell because like I said, like men don't want to tattle on themselves by knowing everything about her. Like, oh yeah, like I'm just a good married man. But like, let me tell you about that. Uh, she had like a roughly 34C breast and she had a C-section scar underneath yeah. her belly button and she was an Audi labia. Like, you know what I mean? Like he can't tell everything yeah. so we're not sure if she beat the shit out of these people or not because like some people say oh yeah she like rocked their shit but then in this article that was published in the Roanoke Times which is like one of the only surviving articles that talks about this woman in black they're saying like oh no she never hurt anything or harmed anything she just showed up but like mm. you know if I'm being interviewed for the newspaper I'm also not gonna be like hey listen to this time I just got out of jail like you know what I mean like you're trying yeah, to make yourself yeah. look good listen to yeah listen to this this time that I fucked a demon uh, on the streets while my wife was out of town with cholera. So perhaps there are more unreported instances that involve harm, but who is to say? So basically, if your man comes home in 1902 with injuries, he's sus. Sus binky. <laughs> sus binkus. LB Taylor Jr. continues to tell all of us that those who did look at the woman in black agreed that she was breathtakingly beautiful. She was tall and handsome with dancing eyes, about 5'9 or 5'10, with something like a black turban on her head. Wow, like a model. And this headpiece that she had, it was drawn around her face so that only her eyes were visible. It was for it like formed like a mask where all you could see were her eyes. She wore a long black cloak and she would just appear and vanish so quickly that men who were around her were stunned because she just came out of nowhere. But they were also very confused. They're like, who is the woman in black? Why was she here? And and really, what does she want? So the Roanoke Times right. article from 1902 asks, quote, just why the woman in black should be so terrible has never been known. She made no attack on anyone. It's probably due to the unexpected appearance in places unthought of and at hours the last person expected to be about is a woman, end quote. 
So basically that quote is just saying like, we don't know why she's here, but we're just going to assume that it has something to do with her being a woman at these hours that women are not typically out and these places that women are never seen. According to one legend, there was a prominent Roanoke merchant who was leaving his store after midnight when the woman in black materialized out of thin air and began flirting with him. The Roanoke Times wrote, quote, The most recent instance is that of a prominent merchant of the city who, on the night after payday, having been detained at his store until after midnight, was making his way home, buried in mental abstractions, when at his side the woman in black suddenly appeared, calling him by his name. The woman was only a couple of feet behind him, and he naturally increased his pace faster and faster he walked, but in spite of his efforts, the woman gained on him until, with the greatest ease and without any apparent effort, she kept alongside of him. Where do you turn off? she asked of him. He replied in a hoarse voice, Twelfth Avenue. Ere he was aware she had hand upon his shoulder. He tried to shake it off, but without success. You are not the first married man I have seen to his home this night, she spoke in a low and musical voice. Reaching the front gate, he made certain she would leave him, but into the yard she went. This was a little more than he bargained for. The merchant admits that he was a nervy man, but in spite of his efforts, he could not help being at least a little frightened. "'Twas the suddenness of the thing," is the way he expressed it." End quote. Yeah, that is scary. Just like a, even if it's a real person, nobody likes to be followed home late at night and have someone ask where they live, right? That that is a freaky situation. But did you hear what she said? She she goes, "You are not the first married man I have seen to his home this night." Yeah, but wasn't this guy just a shopkeeper? Like, isn't that what you said? He was just like leaving his shift. He says, like, that's the thing is, like, I feel like when he was telling this story, because there's just too many details that like sound like someone who's cheating on their wife, right? He's like, "Oh, it was the night after payday, and I was there until after midnight, and I was wake making my." way home buried in mental abstractions right like I was just not even thinking about where I was or what I was doing and then all of a sudden a woman appeared by my side calling my name like she reached out to me I don't even like seek out women they just come to me and she was a little bit behind me and and, and so I sped up but then she also sped up with me which was very strange and then she asked me where I lived and she would not stop following me it also just sounds like what if it was just like a wife who caught her husband like trying to bring another woman into his home and so he was like oh my god you're at this house right now too i'm so (gasps) glad because i was coming home and there's a ghost here and she's still in the yard what the fuck hey ghost woman get the fuck out of here this is so scary i'm so scared right now (laughs) are you scared too honestly like that is kind of genius though like if you were a cheating pioneer man at this point in history all you'd have to do is be like to your mistress be like hey put on this black cloak and if anyone sees us start making ghost noises and like run into an alley yes 
So the woman in black is like haunting all of the men of Roanoke who are staying out after dark. And she's doing this for several weeks. Like every single night, there's a new story of like, oh, did you hear the woman in black did this last night? And it's like, you know, babe, wake up. A new woman in black story just dropped. Right. Right. But then just out of nowhere, she vanishes into thin air. So she's like every single night haunting, haunting, terrorizing, terrorizing. And then all of a sudden she's gone. But by the time this haunting had stopped, the locals were already, like, looking into answers for her origins. Because, like, the first time this happened, they were like, you know what? That was weird. Second time, they're like, that was really weird. Third time, they're like, okay, let's, like, look into this. So some locals figured out. By the way, this is where things get start getting weird and confusing. Okay. So the locals figure out that apparently this woman in black had been seen north of Roanoke in this town called Bristol only 10 days before she first appeared in Roanoke. Hmm. Like Roanoke, the woman in black was terrorizing the town of Bristol every night for several weeks. And the Roanoke Times reported Bristol, quote, is just recovering from the effects of the scare produced among the citizens of the town by what was known as the woman in black. Hardly a day passed for weeks that the press failed to have a long account of antics and performances of her on the night before. For the last 10 days, she has been unheard of, has completely disappeared from the city of Bristol, and expectation has been rife as to where she would make her next manifestation, end quote. So people are like, she fucking disappeared. Wonder if she's going to show up next. Maybe she's gone. Maybe she, like, the men are good now, so she's not going to come back. I don't know. But just as she had left Roanoke after weeks of haunting, she also left Bristol all at once as well. So now we see a little bit of a pattern. So the locals in Roanoke wonder if they had been visited by the same woman in black who was in Bristol, or is this like a different spirit? So as soon as the woman in black disappears from Roanoke, another woman in black matching the description of the woman in black from Roanoke suddenly appears in this town called Bluefield, Virginia. Bluefield, Virginia is about the same distance away from Roanoke as Bristol was to Roanoke. So some people are like, maybe she could have let, maybe this is like a pattern, right? Like maybe she's, she's going to these towns that are separated the same distance from each other. I don't know. They're just trying to figure shit out. Could the woman in black be on a tour of the Southern U.S.? Who's to say? And just as everyone thought that they had figured out this mystery, a headline read, quote, two prominent men see a ghost, end quote. And that ran in this newspaper from Alma, Nebraska. Now, Alma, Nebraska is far as fuck away from Roanoke, Virginia. So people are like, well, how could the spirit be in two places at once? It it can't be like a real person. It has to be a spirit, right? According to Wikipedia, quote, in March 1902, it was claimed that H.S. Weatherald, editor of the Alma Journal, Frank Grigsby, the area's leading carriage dealer, and Ashton C. Schallenberger, then the congressman of Nebraska's 5th District and later governor of Nebraska, had been spooked by a woman in black in Alma, Nebraska. One account claims that she appeared suddenly to four men, and then there's another account that claims that she appeared suddenly to four men of the Disciples of Christ Church in Tazewell, Virginia, and scared them so badly that they all just ran home. So now she's popping up in multiple places, And people are like, I'm not really sure if this, you know, is humanly possible. So the locals believe that the only possible answer for the woman in black's appearance, seemingly in two places at once, was that the woman in black was no woman at all, but rather a spirit. And with that, the woman in black became a cemented urban legend of Virginia. 
What do you think of that story? That's crazy. Um, I'm wondering, like, okay, if it's one ghost, could it be that there's some sort of portal that she's able to jump through to, like, get to all these different cities so quickly? Or does she have a doppelganger? Like, is she able to split into two or three different women in black and go, Mm -hmm. like, where she is needed most? How is she summoned? How does she know where the cheating pioneer men are like that I have a lot of questions and I did too but before I get into the theories um, I'm just going to tell you this thing that has nothing to do with anyone uh, this thing that has nothing to do with anything but I just need everyone to know that while I was researching this episode I had to fight for my life to not get sidetracked by this other story about a woman in black so while researching this episode I found an actual woman in black like for real like a woman dressed in all black clothes Eight years ago, there was this lady. She's wearing a black cloak, a hood, like the whole nine yards. And she was walking across the U.S. She it was like Forrest Gump. Like she wasn't telling anyone what she was doing. She was just walking. She had already walked from Alabama to Virginia and seemingly just random directions. But because she didn't tell anyone who she was or why she was doing this, People were just like, well, that's extremely attractive and mysterious. And it just made them want to know what she was doing even more. So I'm going to play. I'm going to show you some pictures of her. This sounds like uh, the haunted descendant of the first woman in black. I'm really glad that you think so. Because it was, this is just a weird, this is like literally, what are we doing here? <laughs> Story. <laughs> Here's some pictures. And like people were crowding around her so much that she had to get police escorts. And like literally this is just a person who's not talking to people walking along the side of the road and just garnered so much attention that there's like local news stations covering her. Like the BBC did a piece on her and she was just known as the woman in black. And there was this hashtag, hashtag woman in black and like a Facebook page that was born uh, for her. Oh, wow. Okay. So Natalia just sent me three different photos of this woman. She is indeed wearing all black. Um, let me describe. I'm enlarging the photos so that I can describe to you guys. So she has a walking stick. She is wearing a what appears to be like maybe a dress or cloak of some sort that has like very big puffy sleeves. And then she is wearing a head covering that is also all black. And she is wearing black shoes. In the first photo Natalia sent me, she has a police escort, just like Natalia said, who's just that that dude looks like he's confused about why he's even there. Um, He's just like looking at her like, why is this my job today? And then she's walking and like looking perfectly pleasant, like she's trying to have a conversation with him. The second photo. Yeah, again. And and I also want to say like, Her hair appears to be black as well. So she's got like this super long, straight, like pin straight black hair. Um, And she's just walking along the side of a highway. And then Natalia just sent me a link. So I'm clicking on this YouTube link. Before you play it, though. So like I said, people were literally lining the streets to see her. And the people in this video. It's just, you know what? Just watch the video. You guys go to... (laughs) Watch this video. You can go to the show notes to watch the whole thing because I I probably can't upload the whole thing to Instagram because it doesn't like long videos. You can look in the show notes for the link. So this video was uploaded by a YouTube channel called BBC Trending and it was uploaded July 31st, 2014. The title of the video is Who is the Mysterious Woman in Black Walking Across the U.S.? And I am hitting play now. She's a woman. She's all by herself out here. And it's like, wow, you know, that takes a lot 
of courage to do. Every time we hear a story about her, we cry because we know there's something driving her. The woman walking that far, who, who wouldn't want to witness that? Who wouldn't want to be a part of that, right? I don't know what's true and what's not true. We are talking about the mysterious woman in black. A mysterious figure dressed in black. A caption just popped up on the screen that said that this woman is walking to Virginia which is where the sighting of the actual woman in black is, right? It says, a woman walking hundreds of miles from Alabama to Virginia has fascinated the internet for days. So I'm going to hit play again. When I saw her from behind, I started crying in my vehicle, and I said, I can't believe it's her. <laughs> I mean, it's just very emotional seeing her. You, you don't even think about it. You just, I, I, I can't explain it. <laughs> when you see a woman like this, it gives you hope and it makes you feel good. Yeah, so why can't we feel that? Why can't we feel that every once in a while? What is the wrong moment. with that? Instead of all the bad stuff, yeah. what's wrong with something good? A caption just popped up saying that the woman in black has refused to talk to anyone, including BBC News. But there's a clip compilation where people are basically talking to a news reporter saying, oh, like, I can't believe it's her. I've been following her journey on social media and now I'm seeing her in real life. Like, this is so amazing. I'm in awe. This woman is so courageous. Um, and I'm just left wondering, but why is she doing it? So I'm going to hit play again. I think the mystery makes it more interesting. And that's why everybody on Facebook is talking about it, the news stations. The social media got so big and they just wanted to be a part of what was going on with everybody else. Oh, she's been identified as Elizabeth Poles, a military veteran and mother of two. Her brother Raymond Poles told the BBC both her husband and father both died in recent years and that this is not the first time she has hit the road, but the reason for her journey remains unknown. I'm still watching. I find her inspiring because most people would never make a journey like this. For anybody to do that, it, it takes a, a, a very strong will. That, that's great in today's society. After reaching her final destination in Winchester, Virginia, Poles went under police protection to calm an excited crowd. Winchester police say she has expressed to officers that she wants to be left alone and is asking that the public respects her wishes. An increasing number of users are asking others to stop following her. And the road that she's walking along, at least in that clip, is called Prairie Road. And it's supposed to be like an old historic road. That is super interesting. I wonder what she's up to now. Like, so... Yeah, it just came out that she had been through a lot of trauma, obviously, like losing her family. And I think I read some other things that said she lost her children as well. So I don't know if that is true or not. It's kind of hard to speak for someone who doesn't speak for themselves. So I'm not going to say like, I don't know whether that information is true or not. But I just thought it was kind of weird how she's like literally a woman in all black who's like walking to Virginia, walking through Virginia, and she's not telling people what she's up to. The, the But the weirdest part of this whole story is that like people became super and just inspired by her, even though she like didn't say what she was doing or anything. It's not like she was like, yeah, I'm walking for world peace or like with every step, like I, you know, I'm empowering others or whatever. Like she's literally just a fucking person who's walking and wouldn't talk to everyone. And people are like, Wow. Oh my God, I can't believe I saw her. Like I've been breathing the same air that she's breathing. You know, it just makes me feel like we really are in a simulation. And yeah, like, it, these are like NPCs. It's very reminiscent of 
the movie Forrest Gump, because in that movie, all these people start following him and they're like, oh, he knows something. He's on to something. He's doing this. And people are like imposing their own reasons onto why Forrest is running so far across America. And then they get really disappointed when he's like, okay, I'm just going to go home now. You know, and people ask him like, oh, why are you running, Forrest? Like, you know, these these newspaper reporters running next to him, holding their microphones out to him. And he's like, I just felt like running, you know, and people can't believe that sometimes people just feel like doing things. Right. So I don't know. Like you said, it's hard. to You can't speak for someone who's not speaking for themselves. So only she ultimately knows why she did it. But I am seeing this article here from WinchesterStar.com called Mysterious Woman in Black Completes Final Journey. And it says that Elizabeth Libby Poles, the mysterious woman in black, Black, who was at the center of social media sensation in 2014, has died. Poles passed away May 1st, 2018, at age 60, according to the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. She is buried in Culpeper National Cemetery, having served as a sergeant in the Army during the Persian Gulf War. The cemetery declined to release any information on Poles, and no one from the VA immediately responded to calls seeking comment on Wednesday. In 2014, Reuters reported that Poles was a widowed mother of two children from Motts, Alabama, who had been receiving treatment at VA hospitals following the death of her husband and father. She gained a social media following when she set out on Foot, clad in a flowing black robe and burqa, and walked across several states to reach Virginia. Though she didn't say much along the way, she told law enforcement officials that she was originally from Winchester. Her mysterious nature and meandering journey prompted people to take pictures of her and post them on social media. She was seen walking in both the pouring rain and the sweltering heat. When polls arrived in Winchester one evening in t- July 2014, she was met by a crush of people who had been following her trek. Police quickly whisked her away from a bank parking lot on Valley Avenue, with officers asking the public to please leave polls alone because she intended to stay in the area. Quote, I think she's just come back to a place that she considers home, City Police Captain Doug Watson told the Star at the time. She believes that this is where she needs to be right now. Watson said at the time that Poles had indicated to him that she did not appreciate the attention and did not fully understand social media. Police helped her settle into the community by making her aware of local nonprofit services, and she was later seen walking in areas between Culpeper and Manassas. That's a crazy story. That is nuts. I mean, at first I was like, why are these? Because guys, if you go watch the clip, it's like a lot of people are just like out in the middle of the road. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is so inspiring. This is crazy. And you're like, what are they talking about? But now that I read that article, I'm like, kind of like, damn, that is like crazy. Like, that is not like she just it is crazy. You know what it is? It's very interesting. And I don't know what this says about society or like from an anthropological perspective or whatever, but it is super interesting to see people doing stuff for no reason, if that makes sense. Because I feel like time is such in such short supply in like our current like society like we're always busy we're working we're taking care of children we're taking care of family we're like trying to go out we're trying to socialize we're trying to like make a work-life balance for ourselves we're trying to have hobbies we're trying to like go shopping we're trying to go to the grocery store and make our bills and like to see someone just doing whatever the fuck they want is like very interesting it's very like moving in a strange sort of way and I'm not sure what that says about our society other than maybe we need to slow the fuck down but that's easier said than done because you everyone's just trying to survive right that's crazy thank you for sharing that story that's super crazy I really enjoyed seeing that I just could not get away from that story because I would be typing in like in a second when we get into the theories you'll understand but I was trying to figure out I would be typing into Google like woman in black walking from Virginia row 
oh, no, Bristol did it. Like, just trying to figure the shit out. And that kept coming up. So I, I don't know. Let's get into the theories. So the theory number one is the skeptic theory that this woman in black is not a ghost, but it's just a woman dressed as a ghost who is fucking with drunk men. I'm also calling this a theory. It's just a bitch, but we like her because of what she's doing. Yeah, we stand. So if we dive just a little bit deeper down this rabbit hole, we'll find out that perhaps the haunting of the woman in black was not what it appeared to be. You see, some people believe that this woman in black was just a woman, like I said, aka a bitch who donned black funeral clothes and just terrorized men for sport. Now, the reason that people believe the woman in black might have been of this world is because Bristol is only about 150 miles north of Roanoke. That would make it a 51-hour walk, according to Google Maps, from Roanoke. So, so it is very possible that a person could make that trip on foot or perhaps by carriage from Bristol to Roanoke in 10 days. But the woman in black was spotted in Alma, Nebraska, and also Bluefield, Virginia at about the same time. And there's no way that someone could have made the trip to both places in that amount of time unless the woman in black was actually several people which there's no way to prove that it wasn't, so why fucking bother? Now, the next theory kind of falls under the same theory, but this theory is that she was just a witch who liked to fuck with people, mm. and that's why she was wearing all black. I still stand. Now, theory number two is that this was the ghost of a scorned woman. Mm. Some theorize that the woman in black was a ghost who was betrayed by her husband and therefore she haunts married men as she's become some sort of misanthrope. But other people believe that she haunts in an effort to sway unloyal husbands from their wives in effort to gain a new husband, which never mm -hmm. works, by the way. Men who cheat will cheat on you. If you take a man from someone else, they will cheat on you. So, you know, if she is a ghost of a scorned woman, she hasn't learned anything. Yeah, you get it. You get them how you lose them. Or you lose them how you get them. That's what I was trying to say. If you get a man who is with another woman, you will lose him when he finds another woman. Sprinkle, sprinkle. The last theory is that this is photography. We talked about this extensively in a lot of our episodes, but most recently, the one that comes to mind is our episode on NDEs. We talk about photography. No, was it NDEs? Um, we talked about photography in the Belmez faces. That was our first time. And then we talked about it um, in the rake. And then we talked about it again last episode. Yes. Okay, yes. So we're basically going to talk about this every episode because there's no situation where it doesn't work. Thoughtography, too long, didn't read. But basically, a mad woman has like a creative divine feminine spirit in her. And that creative divine feminine spirit is just like so enraged with rage that it creates a vacuum for a presence or a demon. And that this, this woman in black might have been born out of another woman's rage. Don't know. Can't say. But those are my theories. Why could she not also be some sort of like succubus? Or do oh. we just think that she's probably not a succubus because she doesn't appear to show up in people's dreams and it's more of like a real life thing or like we've never done an episode on succubi. So perhaps um, I don't know as much as I think I know about them because that's probably accurate. But I do remember a little bit when you talked about um, the witch's seed, which is an episode we did, I believe, a year and a half to two years ago. And in that episode, we talked a little bit about succubi. And I'm wondering, like, isn't a big hallmark of a succubus that they try to seduce men to, like, destroy them? 
and they're dressed in all black and they're kind of they're like very feminine and sexy but then also like wild crazy demons that like will ruin your life and end your life so I'm wondering maybe she could be something like that or maybe it's just like there's a secret society kind of like the Illuminati but it's just of a bunch of women that like in colonial times got together Mm -hmm. and they were like hey like I'll send a telegram to you if my husband cheats and then like you're gonna like a whole network of women that are like having each other's back dressing up as scary ghosts and like stalking the streets at night to just scare the shit like scare people straight you know like that old expression like from the old drug um, commercials. If you're not from the U.S., we used to have these like really old drug commercials that, and a show called Scared Straight where it would be like kids that went into juvie and then as like an alternate means of punishment, they like have to spend three days in real jail with adults, which like now is like very questionable ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, there would be a camera crew following them around being like, look, see how bad this is? Listen to your mother. Go to school. And it was like horribly traumatizing. Um, So maybe it was something like that, like an Illuminati network of women that were like vigilante succubi that just wanted to like scare the shit out of dudes to stop fucking around on them. I also, while you were saying that, because I love that theory, I I just like gave birth to a new theory in my mind. What if let's, you know, put our let's put ourselves in the position of these women from 1902, even though that was more than like 120 years ago. I have to believe that like people at our core are still somewhat similar. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, if I'm a woman and I have to stay in my house and after 6 p.m. and cook and clean and take care of the kids and put them all to sleep. And my husband is going out with his friends, playing poker, walking around the dusty streets of the town, smoking hand rolled cigarettes. Um, playing craps in the street and doing whatever the fuck he wants but I'm not allowed to be out because then I'm like you know a bad woman and he's like 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 it's gonna reflect poorly on my value as a person which is the way that women were surviving back then what better way to go out and have fun than to dress yourself completely in a way that hides your identity like putting on a full robe only they can only see your eyes and just going and like fucking with people and what if it's just like all of the women and all of the wives from that area they all each take a turn each night so they're like oh yeah like I went out and I did it last night and so I'm tired I'm gonna stay in but like why don't you can go out tonight here's the robes and it's like an M. Night Shyamalan film where at the end you realize that it wasn't even one woman in black it was all of the women who flipped the script and it's M. Night Shyamalan and I too I don't have all the time to explain what that means but they got M. Night Shyamalan Shyamalan is to say yeah I think that's a good that's a good theory too maybe it's a combination maybe there is this like secret book club even of like women like we want to go out but like we're kind of not allowed to it's like frowned upon for a woman to be out in public in in the night alone without her husband or a chauffeur or whatever so we're gonna like dress in black and like kind of be spooky and stick to the shadows and if someone gets too close to us or tries to inquire we're just gonna be like "Ooh, I know what you did last night and then once they leave us the fuck alone we'll all meet up in this cellar to like drink some wine and grog and yeah. tell stories mm-hmm. about pirates and knit or whatever people did back in the day before television yeah I think it was this I think they dressed up as ghosts and went and fucked yeah. with people yeah I'm trying to think of it from a supernatural perspective and I feel like the supernatural theory that I 
like the most would be the succubus theory. Because I know we need to do, honestly, we need to do an entire episode on succubi because I would be too horny don't feel like I have enough knowledge to be able to confidently say like oh they're able to appear in multiple places at once or whatever but I do feel like it would be possible because I think they're just like a a species of demon so you could have multiple that look exactly the same like in multiple places at once yeah they feed off of like sexual satisfaction essentially well when we do that episode everyone will be in horny jail so (laughs) well thank you natalia you are very welcome i'm glad i could share this story with you like i said don't understand what i read at all um and we're all just trying to figure it out you know what guys go to the photo dump and explain to me what you think this all means because i don't know what to make of it uh slay slay yeah we stand regardless um because this woman is just doing the lord's work you know mm-hmm. she's not um she's not scaring people that probably don't deserve it you know i mean it's all alleged right who's to say maybe that shopkeeper really was just going home after work and the succubus made a mistake and like misidentified him as like someone that lived in the house next door it's possible but does a succubus make a mistake Probably not. I mean, there's worse shit on the local news. As we all fucking know, there's worse shit on the local news than a woman and all of her friends dressing up in all black. I'm not worried about it. You're not worried about it. And going and fucking Mm -hmm. shit up. Yeah, exactly. 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 Wow. Well, thank you very much for sharing that story, Natalia. I actually do feel like this is a good segue story into a future succubus story or perhaps even the Roanoke colony story which we know takes place in a completely different state and has nothing to do with this story but it might still be like a good segue like okay we've covered this Roanoke story we've covered this urban legend of the woman in black now we can move on and build from this into succubus story la llorona other scorned female ghosts like i think that this is a good one that lays the foundation so thank you very much for treating us to this titillating terrifying tale of a um sexual specter that really didn't come to play okay she knew what she wanted and she went out and she did it and you know we could all hope for such confidence and we could all just be you know it's worse shit on the local news um on that note brb gotta go dress in all black and take a portal over to that guy's house who came to your work amex guy yeah who came to your work in last episode's intro and was being improper although he's getting married in july and just scare the absolute fucking shit out of him bye Bye.